Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Hello, podcast listeners. I think this week will electrify you as much as it electrified me. I love Lemon Crushers. I think it's one of the best books that I've read this year with regards to women feeling like they are not alone around adversity. So grab your favorite beverage, sit on back, enjoy this fun, laugh as much as I did, If you like what you hear, please post a note in our Facebook group. I've got an extra book that I'm gonna send out. I would love to actually give you this book. We wanna hear from you. We wanna hear who you'd like to have for guests. So feel free, ask any questions, make sure that you're the first person to post so that you get this book. We hope you enjoy the show. I am so excited today to have Pearl Galbraith on the show, author of Lemon Crushers, A Working Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity. I have read this book. I've flagged this book. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I met uh, Pearl at the FinCon conference that I went to earlier this year. We were standing in line to have our picture taken with... uh, um, Gene Chatsky. And right. we struck up a conversation and it was, uh, she handed me her, actually, she told me that she wrote a book, handed me her book later. I dug into it. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank Amy, you so much. Amy, thank you for the invitation. And yes, I have a phrase in life that you never know where one hello will lead. And our hello has led to this conversation. So it's a treat. And it was a it was a fun conversation in line. We didn't even have to wait very long, if I remember correctly, but it was oh, a fun conversation. Absolutely. So, so as you know, I love to start the show out um, talking about everybody You know, has their own vineyard that they form, right? And I love to start the show out by asking um, where you're at within your favorite wine selection right now. And then we'll dig into how your life vineyard has actually been formed to... Uh, create your delicious wine as it is, um, especially because your book is called Lemon Crushers. Yes. <laughs> I, I really want to intertwine the two somehow. <laughs> well, I could talk about our uh, stay in Italy where this was a few years back where we had a VRBO and the VRBO mm-hmm. was just outside of Rome in a Cinquetale. Um, uh, anyway, it was outside of Rome. Cinquetale was the city where we were. And on the property was the the main house where the landowners lived. And then we were in the the little guest cabin. And every day the host, the woman would come. And the first day she had made us lasagna and it was there in the, mm. um, in the oven when we arrived, it was delicious. And she, they enjoyed our company. And every day she brought us more. And then the homemade limoncello. Oh my, my. So yeah, <laughs> if you want to do a tie into lemon and lemon crushers, that limoncello was delicious. So perfect. And did you, did you discover your favorite wine while you were there or do you have one that's, that's um, local as well? I am at this point, I'm in a Merlot, a little Pinot. I, um, uh, what, you know, a red blend can serve me just fine. My, you know, my taste isn't that sophisticated yet. There is, I have another funny story. There's a particular red blend wine that I enjoy. And I know my husband and I were going out for some dinner and we're sitting down in my brain space just a tad. And I knew the wine started with a C and I knew it was three syllables. 
And you know what? Our multitasking brains sometimes, what our th- brain is thinking and what comes out of our mouth isn't always in line. Anyway, I looked up at the uh, waiter and I asked for a glass of curmudgeon, which is obviously, you know, a grumpy old man. And he looked at me and goes, curmudgeon, could you mean conundrum? And I went, oh, yes, that one. <laughs> So my husband was just looking at me going, you are the most embarrassing person sometimes that I'll ever take out in public. So anyway, um, so at times now, a glass of conundrum is a delight. And we, whenever we see it now, uh, whether it's on a, you know, a wine store shelf or uh, offered on a wine list somewhere, we all at least have a good laugh. So I love it. I love that. Asking for a glass of curmudgeon is, 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 yeah, no, not, not the way to go. So, what was the wine name again? So, the wine is, it's it's a a red blend out of California and it's Conundrum. Okay. Okay. It's actually, it's mild. It is, um, it's very nice. It's very nice. It's, it's affordable. You know, again, as a working woman, sometimes we need the affordable and uh, it can be a celebratory wine in the middle of a work week. How's that? Perfect. We love those kinds of wines. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm celebrating that I made it through my day. <laughs> oh, as a working woman, we need to do that. Every day can be a success. Well, I love, I love your, um, I love your Lemon Crusher story and your connection within that. And I love the fact that you have a variety of wines that you like, especially yeah. blends. They don't get the. Um, a, accreditation, I guess, that they should sometimes. And um, I chuckled when you said Merlot because Merlot is finally coming back into favor. It sort of stepped out of favor for a bit um, Mm -hmm. within the U.S. and is finally making its way back. But if you are ever in search of something really new, check out a Cab Franc. I have found that the U.S. is doing a really, really, really good job on some of their Cab Francs. And I'm going to brag up a New York uh, Cab Franc specifically, since we're talking about different regions. Yes. Any, anything like that, um, too, just uh, it treats your palate just a tad bit. So I'll throw that suggestion out there. But so now, we, now we've got two wines that people can, can give a try if they're interested in um, trying something new. I, I always take what my guests uh, say and try to uh, go search for it. It's my own little mission at the Total Wines or our local discount uh store, I'll go in search of whatever they suggest until I find it. So oh. thank you. So talking about your story, um, I would love to dig in just a little bit and learn more about you, Pearl, and what has formed your vineyard uh, as, a, as a person in, in your life. Because reading your book, which by the way, um, I have an order on uh, coming to me, uh, extra book coming to me for one of our listeners that uh, provides a comment in um, in the show notes or uh, shares it on uh, any of the either podcasts that they, you know, any of the vehicles that they listen through. Uh, because um, I do think it's important that, that working women talk about um, the challenges that they are experiencing in life, right? So, mm-hmm. and adversity in general. Um, and Instagram has made life look like it's all just perfect, and it's, it's not. It's all that. Yes, Instagram just shows a garden with the gorgeous roses. Mm-hmm. It, Instagram doesn't show the work, the effort, the toil, the thorns, the hurricanes, right? Mm-hmm. The <laughs> adversity yeah. to create that rose. Yeah. And, and your dedication in your book, you dedicated it to your mom and I don't want to spoil it because I want people to read this book, but it was an amazing, um, description of who this woman was. And I suspect she's a very, very big part of the nutrients that are continuing to form your vineyard. So take us back and, and tell us, how did you, how did you come to this point? Um, and, and what made you want to write this book and take us back as far as you want, uh, in the formation of your vineyard? Oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you for the question. I can describe my life in two, in a before and an after. And it is before 50 and after 50. Mm-hmm. Age 50 was a pivotal turning point in my life. Now, I didn't know it at the time. 
so many times we we have to look back and we can kind of see where the patterns existed. But mm-hmm. age 50 was pivotal for me. So what was prior to age 50? I grew up a Canadian farm girl. So if you are uh, thinking of the uh, open wheat fields where uh, <laughs> the phrase is, you can watch your dog run away for three days, you know, the, uh, the flatlands, <laughs> the, the work, you know, the agriculture, that's how I grew up. I grew up with, um, I, in terms of a Canadian, I was second generation Canadian. So my, um, both sides of my family immigrated from Europe and we've been farmers for, you know, centuries. Mm-hmm. With that example, so that's where I started. Today I'm a, you know, C-suite executive and author and dynamic. So I had mm-hmm. a great transition, but the, my early life was focused on a, an incredibly uh, focused work ethic. I was, uh, the example from my parents was incredible. Mm-hmm. I also lost my dad young. My dad mm-hmm. passed at 57 um, on Valentine's Day. So I was at that age, I was 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, who expects to pass at 57? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I witnessed at age 21, you're, you're cognizant enough to know what's going on, but you're not necessarily the adult yet. But I was mm-hmm. absolutely a witness in how my mom put her life together at age 57 when she, when there was no financial program in place for her. She had to pick up the pieces and recreate a financial life for her going forward. That was amazing to witness. I, in my early career days, my work ethic and my natural smarts and my ability to communicate with people was actually a detriment to me because I advanced quickly and I, the paycheck became more attractive than education. Mm-hmm. Very interesting where I'm going, where my call, you know, my, my cohorts from school were, you know, getting their degrees and student loans and dynamic. And I was going, what are you doing that for? And I'm uh, very, at those days, a very generous paycheck because again, my abilities were, were very desired for different industries that I was working in, whether it was hospitality. And then I started in finance um, early on. I advanced in positions. One position moved me to the U.S. So I was actually with a company. I was helping private companies go public. And one of the companies I was working with did our immigration and we came into the U.S. So moved the family. Here we are now. I'm established just north of Seattle, um, working to take this particular company public And I was approximately 32 at that time. And the company that I was working for got bought. So when that company got bought, the rug got pulled out from under my feet. My financial garden got uh, completely, think think of a garden growing and then thinking of a storm coming in and completely uprooting it. And I was then left, I am here in the US. I don't have all the... I don't have the education on my resume that mm-hmm. most people in my position would have. I lost my source of income. Mm-hmm. And it was it was at a season where my husband and I looked at each other with the two young kids and it was kind of like floundering. Okay, where are we going to anchor now? Your because I basically had attached my boat to a single opportunity. Mm-hmm. And had not broadened my abilities when that line got severed, I was severed. Mm-hmm. All right. So my husband also, with our move to the States, he has sold his businesses up in Canada. So he also was untethered at that point. An opportunity came for us to come to Montana for to do a project for one year. And I thought, okay. Let's go to Montana. It was a place where my husband's family vacationed <laughs> frequently. So, and it's a little resort town here in Northwest Montana that's called Whitefish. You can Google it. It's pretty darn adorable, let me tell you. <laughs> so we came here for a year. And for that year, it actually was bliss. My husband was doing a project. It was the first time in my life I could actually settle and regroup. 
Um, we had boys at that time. Our boys were five and seven. I was able to be in the schools and I could read and I could bake cookies. And, and I enjoyed that reprieve of that year as I was also looking at to, okay, what, what, with the skills I do have, how am I going to put them back in play when we move back to Seattle the following year? I was, I was very much focusing on getting back into corporate finance in whatever avenue I could. And then the uh, project my husband came here to work on burnt down. So we had a, it was, you know, he, we, we came here, it was a building project for friends of ours. And uh, we woke up one morning and the, uh, the building was in flames and it was completely destroyed. That, so if you think about it, within 12 months approximately, the rug was pulled out from under me with the uh, career that we had moved countries for. Mm-hmm. And the project that we had done to kind of do as a reprieve was completely destroyed. Those are two pretty big lemons. I, I talk about life being full of lemons. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty two big ones. So this yeah. was all before age 50, right? So then we sat here and went, what do we do? We uh, The situation presented itself that we needed to stay another year in Montana so my husband could do that project again. Well, my severance had long run out. And it was like, oh, what do I do now? There's no corporate finance in my little rural part here in, mm-hmm. in Northwest Montana. And really, you know, struggled with my identity. Where am, where am I going to do? So from 33, 34, 35 to 50, I'm raising the kids. I'm doing what you do here in Montana, but I am not happy. And challenged during that season. And then age 50 comes. By 50, my boys had graduated from high school. We had did have a daughter here. She was younger. She was portable. <laughs> and I pushed, you know, you could still move her at that time. And I pushed so dang hard to get back to the coast. I had job interviews lined up. I had programs. I said, we're done. We're done with this rural area. We're getting back to the city. We're getting back to what fuels me. I need people. I need energy. I need A-type personality women. I need entrepreneurial thoughts. I need empowerment. I I generate energy from other people. And everything I tried to do to get back to the coast failed. Nothing worked. It was like dominoes. You know, you put them in place and, and it just was always like pushing uphill. And finally, one day, both my husband and my daughter looked at me and said, Mom, if you want to go back to the coast, no problem, but we're not coming. I went, oh gosh. So that was another part of sitting here going, what's my purpose? I've got, I've faced all this adversity. I'm not done by no means. I know I have a voice. I know I have um, skills. I know I could be valuable. I know I can bring um, benefit to others. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in this rural part of the world. And my, my come to Jesus moment, you know, as I, as I say, was when someone looked at me and said, well, why don't you do personal finance? And I went, personal finance? Never even thought of that. And from that conversation, my life has been accelerated significantly. So within a very short period of time, I'm fully certified and licensed as a as a financial advisor. So that's basically my day job. But on top of that, I am incredibly intentional now and specific and focused in what is my calling. My calling is to take my story, my haphazard vineyard mm-hmm. for the first 50 years of my life where where there was lack of direction, where there was lack of purpose, where there was simply taking the next opportunity without a plan. It's like driving across the country with no map and you just, your car just simply happens to go where the next opportunity seems to take you. Now I am incredibly focused where here I sit in Montana, but I've got a a roadmap. I'm heading to New York. And when, um, maybe when opportunities come that might take me off track, I say no to them. I go, Mm -hmm. no, that's not part of my wheelhouse right now. This is what I need to do. This is what I'm most accomplished in. Mm -hmm. So all that has brought together, not just what I do in my practice, but also in my practice, I can only help a limited number of people. And I have so much more of a voice, hence the book or the, uh, the blog or, Mm -hmm. you know, even Instagram. I, I know that I've got, 
wisdom and inspiration that can reach beyond my little community. And then we've also started a nonprofit. I was just going to ask that question, the inspiredwomen.org, right? inspiredwomen.org. And it is an opportunity. We put together women where we connect, we celebrate, and we empower working women. And we are, we've been running that now for five years. We've had over 5,000 women attend different events that we have. We do monthly luncheons. We do um, training seminars and workshops to empower women not to settle mm. in the situation where they on. see themselves today. Yeah. We got to pull that back. We got to pull, pull that back. We got to pull that back because I want you to repeat that. When I hear something that really just resonates, you said oh. inspires them not to settle. Not to settle. See, every single time adversity comes our way, every single time a lemon is thrown in our path, whether it's in our finances, in our health, in our relationships, in our career like me, where the rug gets pulled, or in circumstances. Circumstances, life happens, death happens, horrific things happen to us. Every single time a lemon gets thrown in our past, we have a choice. And the choice is to settle and basically say, we're done. There's no more in me. I can't survive this. I can't get beyond it. Or to step up and to step up and say, yeah, there is a way that, that even though I'm facing this horrific challenge, that I can get through this. And not only can I get through it, I can be better as a result of it. I, I just think, so I think sometimes when people reach that level where they stop that you were talking about, it's because they don't know what the alternatives, like, or they, they don't have anybody to go to, to say, gosh, you know, all this is happening to me. And I don't, I don't even know what the options are. So, so when you have a book like this, or you have the inspiredwomen.org, or you have a group of girlfriends sometimes, and you're just all sitting around, it's like, Yes. So we don't often, and, and I don't like to genderize, but I do find that as women, and I work with a lot of women. So I, I, this is an observation. Um, but, but I find that there is this, there isn't the, uh, belief necessarily, um, that they can do certain things. Like I, I always ask this one question when I, especially when I first start working with a client, but I'll ask it in other ways as we continue to work with each other. And I'll say, if money wasn't a barrier, what would you change in your life? And, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I'd, I'd probably travel a little more. And I'm oh, okay. Where would you travel to? And then you start digging, you start digging, you start yeah. digging, you start digging. Yeah. And, and, what I find is when they lay out all of these things, I'm like, so, but you think money is a barrier to these things? And they're like, well, I don't have the money to travel to Italy. I'm like, but why not? If we tweak certain things just a little bit, couldn't we start a, an account where you start saving money for Italy? Mm-hmm. And when you, when you change the, it, it, um, when you present ideas, all of a sudden there's this structural change is what I've yep. seen. So when you talk about adversity and pushing it out of the way is the way I took it from your book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was pretty much like the way um, I thought you wrote about that um, was that, and I kind of chuckled during different sections. I mean, cause a lot of the book talks about it in different ways, but I was reading about one particular section and what my what image came to mind is adversity almost being a physical being that you sort of just gently push out of the way or shove in some cases <laughs> and walk around it. And that's one of the things um, that that got into the whole dream board thing. And it's exactly what I think it's exactly what I'm saying to clients. Like if money wasn't a barrier, what would you change? The dream board that you talk a lot about in the book, that's really the same thing, isn't it? 
It very much is. Another way to describe it is a snow globe. When we are in the midst of the mess, we can't even decipher, you know, mm-hmm. right from, you know, what should I have for breakfast? I don't know. I don't care. Right. When, when adversity is so heavy on you. But if you're able to separate yourself, if you're like the snow globe, when you're in the middle of it, it's complete chaos. But sometimes the phrase is take the 10,000 foot view, mm-hmm. remove yourself, separate, take a day off, go sit, go think, turn off social media and just analyze where you are and how you got there. So it's kind of like remove yourself from the snow globe and look down into it. Hmm. And you follow that? Yeah. And from that, you can kind of say, oh, okay. So the issue is where, let's go a horrific one. We're losing our house. All right. You know, especially this was a huge adversity, obviously, you know, eight or nine years ago. Um uh, you know, with with the uh, the housing crisis, but how, to analyze how did we get here? How did we get to a situation of losing our house? Did we take on a mortgage that was greater than what we truly could afford? Mm-hmm. In the event, you know, financial d- dynamics didn't go our way, did we set ourselves up for more risk? And by doing that, when the adversity showed itself, oh, we got caught, right? So. As we go forward, how can we avoid this situation in the future? That's, mm-hmm. I think so much of our adversity, I, in the book, I actually say that so much of our adversity that we face today is woman-made. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's woman-made, it can be women-solved. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, if you are the, uh, if, if you're the mom that's going to drive the team, you know, your, your kid's team to the event this weekend, and you've got to drive 50 miles away. Uh, and and take everyone with you and your check engine light comes on on Wednesday and you ignore it. And on Saturday, you're, you know, 30 miles down the road and your vehicle no longer works. Well, that's adversity. Yeah, you're in a crisis at that point, you know, trying to make the game and making sure the kids all get there and things. But it was a crisis that you could have avoided had you been a little proactive on Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. You know, if your vehicle's not the one working, get someone else to drive. Change the change the plan so you can set yourself up for more success. And, and I hear people say, and maybe you do too, is I was just so busy at that time. Like I knew that the, yep. the you know the situation was happening, and I was just so busy that it sort of slipped my mind. And and that 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 creates additional adversity when um, uh-huh. when we don't have that time to, to focus. And and one of the things that I loved uh, in your book as well, and I think I mentioned to you uh, before we started recording, I flagged a couple sections because I just absolutely love them. Um, one area that you talk about is, um, and, and I'm quoting just a little bit because it was the summary of M, which was for move, right? Mm-hmm. And the summary mm-hmm. kind of got to the fact that if you have settled in life, now it is a great time to get unsettled. Um, for people that know me <laughs> and, and for my team that will be listening to this, they're like, yeah, that's totally Amy. If something is settled, <laughs> it's not going to be settled for long. I don't deal with, um, I, I feel uncomfortable, honestly, if, if there isn't momentum. And, yes. and, um, I get unnerved when there isn't momentum that, because I've always believed that if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. That in, that, that a lack of motion is, uh, is actually reverse motion. And that's just, I don't know where that comes from. That's what I've always believed. But you go on to say that if you already know what you should be doing and you just need some incentive, uh, to take the first step, then just go. Do it now. Take, do do it now. Mm-hmm. No one can live your life for you. I have never met a successful person that has an easy past. Yeah. Yeah. Please repeat and that. E- because so many people I say have, that the, oh you you know, you've you've come so far. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And you No, nope, I I have never met a successful person with an easy past. Yeah. And I will also say that easy lives lead to unremarkable people. 
Okay. I think we just got the name of the show. So, <laughs> right. If you don't have some grit, if you don't have, if you haven't had to accomplish anything, if you haven't had to struggle and find a solution and, and build your tenacity and, and think and ponder on something. And then the joy that you get when you succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible endorphin hit that you get that you go, hey, I did that. So, hey, I figured that out. You know, I want to. It's huge. It it is huge. And I want to talk about that for just a minute because further on in that chapter that I just quoted, you talk about recommending a dream board, right? And and you talk um, more about that in the book overall, but you have a small section in that particular area. And I think chapter 15, if I recall, is all about the dream board. And, and one thing that I want to ask you about with regards to that is, um, so I hired a coach last year, which I do, I am so thankful that I did. Her name is Jody Flynn and she, um, she's not specific to the financial services profession. She's over, um, she's overall a coach. And so Mm -hmm. she and I have done a lot of work, um, around, really looking at enjoying the successes. You just mentioned yeah. that it's it feels good when we achieve something. Um you know, we have this huge endorphin, but we don't let it sit. We don't let it resonate. We've done it, we're excited about it, we celebrate it with a glass of wine and then we're on to the next thing. That is true. And the, so maybe what I want to bring here, but we don't, we don't have to stay even there. So it's that spark of, here's another phrase that, that I use. It's what we want now versus what we want most. Mm. And I use this a lot to keep the momentum going. Okay, what we want now, typically women, I want the red sexy shoes. They are calling my name. Oh, man. Oh, you should have seen this bag that came up on my feed on Facebook yesterday. Oh, it, I, we're going on a trip shortly, so I've been um, searching for bags. Well, of course, now my feeds are full of bags. Well, I saw this bag yesterday that was, um, it's adorable, but I did not hit by. I, I did not succumb to it. But what I wanted now, obviously, when I saw that bag was I want that bag. <laughs> All right. What do I want most in my life? What I want most in my life is basically to be financially mm-hmm. free, meaning to be in a position, and I call it freedom career, to be in position in life where whether I choose to work or, or to create an income or not is unnecessary because I've already achieved a financial garden off to the side that I can simply harvest from that garden to maintain my, my necessities of life, my living expenses. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when people hit that equilibrium. Life is wonderful. If they want to go to work, go to work. If they want to serve, they want to do philanthropic work. If they want to sit at the beach, want to travel. There's so many choices when you have financial resources that can sustain your lifestyle into perpetuity. So I go back to people and I go, what do you truly want? What, what, not what's your goal today? What's your big goal? What's your life goal? That's where dream boards mm-hmm. come in to try and think bigger. Mm-hmm. Don't think for the week. Don't settle. Think for the next five no. years. Don't settle. There's so much more. And sometimes if we want to hit the big goal, it means we're going to have to, you know, step aside and not get the red sexy mm-hmm. shoes, not get mm-hmm. the bag today. But at the end of the day, by not getting the bag today if, and by preserving our resources, we might be able to be, uh, you know, have a trip around the world when we're 80 and, uh, you know, enjoy mm-hmm. that. And is that so much greater mm-hmm. than what we have today? So I'm, I'm an advocate for don't think small. Yes, adversity is going to come your way. Yes, lemons are going to come your way. But each and every one that comes and hits you, if you take a look at the situation, I know that there is sometimes the, the reason I believe that some women are facing lemons and adversity is simply to get through it and be the examples for other to light the way. That's, that's your leave section, right? To a certain extent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the, what I'm referring to in the leave section, um, you talk about, um, in fact, I, I had uh, 
the reason that came to mind when you said it is because I had yeah. flagged it. And, and actually you put it in bold. Um, you were talking about a particular individual that took a new position um, and, and really was um, the person or, or the situation was to blaze a trail for, for, uh, for the next one, right? For, for, mm-hmm. um, I, do, I do like to talk about trailblazing. Um, again, you know, you and I have worked in a profession that is very male dominated and the listeners, you know, have heard that many, many times throughout the course of the years. And, yeah. and one of the things that I love about being, um, a, a quote unquote minority in the profession is that whenever, um, whenever you do something, people are like, wow, you're a trailblazer. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Right. Because basically, and the reason that I say that is because, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back. So if you think about, you think about a vineyard, right. You think about the standard vineyard, there's rows, they're all nicely manicured, but every once in a while within that vineyard, there's sort of this little tiny section of the vineyard that, that is test is a test, but, um, grape, right? It's a, it's a new grape Mm -hmm. that they're trying to grow maybe to the new region and maybe it fails and maybe it works wonderfully and brings a whole new uh, viatical to the actual region, right? So, so I think about that and I think I want to be that new grape. I want to be that section of the vineyard that's always trying something new. Sometimes it fails and it wasn't right for this region. And other times it's, it's not only right for the region, it's perfect for the region. Right. So, so when you think about being a trailblazer, I'm like, heck yeah, that's a term I want to be part of (laughs) because, because that makes it so much more exciting. And, and I believe you and I talked about this a little bit at FinCon. One of the phrases that always bothers me about our profession is that, um, I've heard some women in our profession say, well, that's kind of the, you know, that's the way it is. I had to do that. You got to do that to sort of, you know, um, it's almost like a, a hazing type thing in a way. Like, you know, you, you got to do this in order to get to this level within this profession. And I think it's our responsibility, those of us that have been successful, especially people like me that are long-term successful in this field, to actually not make people go through that, <laughs> to actually give them guidance that says, you know what, don't go over the, here. There's some really bad things that you could step on over here. Don't step in the poop. Go over here. <laughs> You know, um, I, I loved it. That's why I think I, I, I highlighted that particular phrase because I really think as women, we also need to be thinking about how do we, how do we become trailblazers and how do we blaze that trail so that the next woman that comes along can stand on our shoulders and, and take it even further, create an even better wine and even better, um, you know, growing area, expand that vineyard, that small portion. And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I completely concur with your words. And obviously we all have different personalities, right? We all are uniquely created with our own uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, a side note, you asked for what, um, we had a conversation earlier. You said what books have been motivational to me. Strength Finder has been phenomenal. Um, I don't know if that's a book that you have um, yeah, yeah. dug into where the premises are. Everyone basically has strengths that are innate to us and other areas of their life that are not as strong. Well, with, and the premise is if you fall into your strengths and then hire or, you know, work around your weaknesses, life's going to be easier for you. It's going to be more purposeful, more passionful. So the first is to be a trailblazer, we got to fall into our strengths. And second is we have to appreciate all the women who've gone before us. Mm-hmm. You know, think of what's happened in our last hundred years from whether, whether we, you know, we just had Martin Luther King Day, whether it is for the, the whole appreciation of all people, whether it is our ability to vote. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now our ability for what can women do? Well, women need to get to more executive positions. Mm-hmm. I was just doing a, uh, did some research this week about the number of women in middle management. Now we are dominating middle management. Okay. Universally women are, but we're not getting 
into the senior levels and vice president levels. What's the holdback? Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. The uh, There's one TED Talk that's out where there, the analysis was women are coached on confidence and speaking well and communication and getting along within the team. Men are coached on the business. Mm-hmm. Men are coached the financial acumen. The spreadsheets, the, the, you know, the, the profit and loss, the dynamic. Hence, it's the financial acronym that is getting them into the boardroom more so than women in that middle management. So if we want to be a trailblazer, A, fall into your strengths, but B, recognize that it, especially in business, if you want to be the leader, the leader is how can you make your business more profitable? <laughs> Right. It goes down to the bottom line. Absolutely. Being a good, uh, you manage your people is efficient, but can you lead your people in a way that not only, um, do you create a culture and, and that element within your business, but you enhance the bottom line and do you bring return to the business, return to the stakeholders, return to the shareholders, return to your employees. So anyway, trailblazing the, the opportunity for us women is wide open. Yeah. We just need to yeah. take it. Yeah. And I, that's something that when I come across women like you and I read, um, I read your book and I read, um, what is on your website, which for those that are interested, it's inspired org. You can go out on the website. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information mm-hmm. out there, um, for people that are interested, but the book in and of itself is, it was very, I love, I love the tone of the book. It was fun easy read. I mean, I, you know, I, I love, um, I love books that are nice and simple and easy to read, nice spacing on it. And you have in the middle of the book or about in the middle of the book, a little lemon crushers money quiz that is thrown in there. So for, for women that are looking to, um, take a little bit of quiz about their money knowledge. And I always say to people, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters what you do with the information that you find once you start. So That's if correct. you are all the way, you know, down to, I have no idea, which in your book means lemon. Um, that's yes. okay. Because at least you know that. And now you can move forward because you can seek out information in those areas. I, I, you know, I, again, I think a lot of times we get stuck on, well, I didn't know to even, you know, ask that question. So Mm -hmm. if the answer is I'm a lemon right now, that's great that you know that. And now I can move forward and become a lemon crusher. So <laughs> I am, I, I would love to know what you're thinking next. I mean, my gosh, you know, you've got all of this stuff going on. I would love to know what's in your, what's, what's the next grape that you're thinking about planting anything in the works that you're um, willing to share or able to at this time? Well, the next book is absolutely already um, <laughs> uh, in my cerebral. It's um, it's not on paper yet, but the whole process, and this goes back to Amy, what you said at the beginning, is there are so many times when a woman is in the middle of chaos, and it goes back also to Instagram, mm-hmm. where you know all that she sees around her are roses. Everyone else is having mm-hmm. a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. It's only me. And being transparent on the thorns when you're in the middle of chaos to understand and recognize where you are and to provide real help. And for women, we get a lot of our help from our tribe of sisters. Mm-hmm. And that was what the, the book is actually designed in two parts. I did this intentional. The first half is the guide, but the last half is the case studies. Yeah, there's a lot of case studies. Yeah, a lot. Of, there's a yeah. ton. But when think back when we were in, in high school, nobody wants to read the textbook. Right. Nobody wants to be told what to do, but we all want to read stories about people that have overcome adversity. And the more we read about other women, what they did, how they did, what they implemented, how they had horrific experiences, but ended up thriving as a result, the more it can glean for us what we need mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. So, so the stories aren't going to stop. And this is, I enjoy these platforms because I know all I had to do when I was writing the book is I just put out on social media. That was it. And I just said, does anyone have a, an adversity story where they overcame the adversity and they'd like to share their story? 
boom. Anyone want to raise their hand? Oh, 50 women immediately within three days said, yes, pick me, pick me. That's how the book got started because I wanted to connect with real women, not trust fund babies, not celebrities. <laughs> I wanted real women, right? Your neighbor, your friend, your sister, or you um, with real problems you know, who faced adversity and, and I put it into categories as I mentioned, health, finances, relationships, career and circumstances and who achieved real success. And the more I keep sharing those stories, I know the more women are going to be impacted by the ripple of these stories and maybe they'll step up and change their life. Well, and in whatever area it happens to be. And the more a woman changes her life, the more she changes her network. Yeah. One woman has a huge network, friends, family, extended family, kids. Um, we put one woman on track and we change communities. It's huge. Yeah. And I love the fact that in your book at the very end, almost, well, yeah, basically at the very end, you talk about that. You talk about how, how you can get more involved in your community and what, what people can do, what women can do next to actually start building mm -hmm. that. And uh, a couple of things I just want to mention. So you do have a newsletter. Uh, you, people can sign up for your newsletter at inspired-women.org slash sign up. Um, if they go to, if you go mm -hmm. to the website, you'll actually see that on there anyway. There's actually a Facebook page, Inspired Working Women. There's an Instagram page, which is also Inspired Working Women. And the one um, thing that people, if they're interested, can do if you're, if you want to buy a dream board kit, you actually have inspired-women.org slash dream board to help them uh, work through the kit, uh, through a dream board kit, because some people have trouble getting started with stuff like that. Um, there's also, if you're interested, you can build your own community, right? You have some local meetups that are starting to get formed. Um, there's an inspired women's directory, uh, if you are interested, you can donate to the community as well. So there's lots of ways that you can actually get involved uh, with this concept of community and connecting with other women, other um, other women that you've put together, certainly reading the book um, and looking at all the case studies that were there. There were some great stories, very inspirational stories that were listed in there. And you know, often when I read stuff like that, it gets my juices flowing and gets my own mind motivated for some things uh, within our own community, uh, you know, within the community that I have. And making connections like this, Pearl, with you has been inspiring for me. So there you go. <laughs> oh, it's, been an it's been an absolute delight as well. And I very much enjoyed. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, for sending me your book. Um, as I mentioned, I do have a book on order right now being sent to me. So if somebody listens to this podcast, they would like to comment in um, either by sharing, uh, rating the, the podcast. The first one that does that, we will send that book to you at no cost whatsoever. We just want to pass on the inspiration that we got out of the book and um, say thank you so much for, for sharing your light in this world and your inspiration and um, how your vineyard was farm, formed. And I have one final question for you that uh, I ask all, all of the guests. So success is a word that is defined um, in the Webster Dictionary uh, very bluntly. But I find asking people what their definition of success is so different. And I'd love to know what is Pearl's definition of success? Definition of success is far more than what, what the world might consider, you know, beauty, riches, fame, wealth, dynamic. My definition of success is when you have joy in your heart and you wake up in the morning and you know that what you are doing, you were made to do, that you are contributing, that you have purpose and that you are making a difference in the lives of others. Well, 
That's how I wrap up success. Well, then I am successful. It's, it's what are you leaving? It's 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 what are you leaving? We are all a vapor. Yeah. You know, we all have our X amount of years, and it's it's, it's what impact are you making long term? Well, based on your definition definition of success, then I have met that. I love what I do every morning. I know you love whatever uh, you do every morning, and we're so fortunate to have found careers that make us want to get up out of bed and say, "Who do we get to help today?" Right. Absolutely. And, and, and when the, we have those conversations, every single person I have a conversation with, there's more to their life to inspire them to don't settle where they are. Don't settle. It's if you choose to settle, you will never be happier than your happiest moment. You will never be more joyful than the most joyful moment you've already had to space. So if, if, if we're settling, we're going backwards. Mm-hmm. I want people to have experiences where they're more joyful in the future, where they have more life, more love, more energy, uh, more enthusiasm. So there's always more to achieve. There's always a better garden, a better wine, a better glass in front of us than we've (laughs) tasted to date. Well, I love what your definition of success is. I love what you've done. I love what the post 50 years have created for I said that wrong with the pre 50 years have created pre, for the post yeah. 50 years, because it's been incredible. Um, reading the book, uh, talking to you today, seeing what you're doing with your organization, you are definitely inspiring a lot of women. And we are so thankful that you joined us today. Oh, Amy, so much. And just one, I did do one new thing I forgot to mention. So there is also a full on new website, lemon, crushers.com. Oh, well, we'll have to scope that out. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Yep. So everything we've talked about here, the dream boards, the vision boards, the money board, the, or the money quiz, the book, the, oh, the Instagram, the Facebook, it's all there too. So lemoncrushers.com. And that has been since the book was, was created. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show and I'll go scope that out. I was on all your other stuff, so I'll have to go scope that out. (laughs) Thank you again, Pearl. And we hope that you and your husband have a wonderful, I know we're recording this in January, so I'm sure you're just begging for spring at this point in time. (laughs) Absolutely. Can't see the garden very much. It's a little bit under, uh, uh, under a little bit of snow, but we know the sunshine's coming. Thank you, Amy. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.